And now, from the Spinnaker Radio Studios, critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent films, your host, Ben Gordon. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am Doc G, and with me as always, Eric Cirillo. Eric, how you doing? Good, man. Good. Good to be back. Yes, sir. Another week in the books. We've got a great show today. We've got a lot of things uh, up. We've got who's wearing their birthday suit, of course. We've got fitness news. We've got stop faking the funk. And then we've got uh, double sports today, a little double dose of sports. We've got our normal sports section. And then our guest today, we have NBA analyst Claude Lathan. Uh, he's he's uh, going to call into the show. He's going to get into some nitty-gritty NBA stuff with us. It's going to be a great show. Eric, are you excited? Super excited, especially for the NBA. I'm you know, waiting for this NBA NFL talk, so I'm, I'm excited. Claude's a, Claude's a great guy. Yeah. I can just feel the energy for the show, you know. Better yet, I can smell the energy for this show. Smells a powerful sense. I already told you about the power of laundry the other week. But speaking of smells, I want to talk about a specific smell I smelled in the bathroom today. Intriguing, right? Yes! So I walked into the bathroom at the student center today, and what do you think hit my nostrils? Exactly what you're thinking my grandma's glove compartment in her early 1990s Cadillac where she used to keep her gum. Huh? Now, I know what you're thinking. That doesn't really sound good for my grandma's glove compartment and the way it used to smell, but it actually is. It's a reverse compliment for the bathroom. Whoever cleaned those bathrooms at the student center, kudos, that bathroom smelled sanitary and minty. Exactly how my grandmother's glove compartment used to smell. I was just standing in the middle of the bathroom, just sniffing it all in, thinking about that glove compartment until somebody came in there, rushing to ruin my memories with smells that I definitely don't want to remember. Ew. Now, there's actually a name for the association between memories and smells. You know what it is, Eric? What? It's called Proust Phenomenon. Researcher, yeah. Researchers say that the reason there's such a strong association between smells and memories is that when you smell something, the signal in the brain goes past the place memories are stored and stimulates it. Seems like a pretty crappy conclusion they came to. Yes! I've been hearing my whole life how great and powerful brains are. Apparently, it takes 82,944 computer processors from the world's biggest supercomputer just to simulate brain activity for one second. The brain is that fantastic, and you're telling me it can't save one smell without turning on an inadvertent memory? I mean, I'm not calling the brain out, but that's like if some dude brings in his laptop to work, and while he's saving his PowerPoint for the big presentation, porn just pops up from the last night. What? What happened to my computer? That's not That's not what people want in their laptop. I think we can agree most people don't want old things from the computer just popping up whenever you save something new. Regardless of why it happens, it's still impressive, right? How strong these memories are with smell. It's bananas how a smell can instantly put you 15 years in the past. There's a certain pu- perfume that does this to me. 
Every time I smell that perfume, it's the same perfume that Kristen Reed was wearing when I kissed her back in seventh grade. Whenever I smell a lady wearing that, the first thing I want to do is ask that lady if she realizes she's wearing the same perfume that a seventh grader did back in the 90s. The second thing I do is I'm shot right back into the middle school hallway beside those orange lockers, looking Kristen straight in the face, wondering if onions on the hot dog for lunch were a bad decision. Ew. It's the power of smell. So putting that Prouse phenomenon to the test, I want all the listeners out there to find something you know you love the smell of, and while you're listening to the show, just just smell the shit out of it. That way, the next time you smell it, you'll be like, Damn, that smells like Doc G Show. I've got to get some of that. Got to get me some of that. Let's jump into that show, shall we, Eric? Yeah, I just want to say, I'm doing laundry right now, and I can smell the detergent, and so it's the Doc G Show. Exactly. There you go. Now you're associating what we've already said is an amazing smell with the show. So you're mm-hmm. basically going to have ecstasy every time we do the show. Wait, what? That's basically I'm gonna, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to go fucking crazy. Yeah, good. In the best of ways, though. Let's good, good. All right, let's go on to who's wearing their birthday suit. So, okay, this week on... December 8th, our birthday suit wearer is a local Florida man. He was born in Melbourne, Florida in 1943. That's all you get. That's your first clue. Birthday suit wearer, local Florida man. He was born in Melbourne, Florida, 1943. So just calculate it on your own how old that makes the birthday suit wearer. Think about it. I know you're not going to have any clue right now, but think about it, all right? Hmm. All right, so now that I've planted that seed, waiting for it to grow, let's go on to fitness news. Jebediah, hit me. And now, the news. Nice. Thanks, Jebediah. Love you, bro. Okay, so here it comes, guys. People Magazine pumping out that important information from all the most important fitness sources. People recently released a title of a fitness competitor who is a mom of four that says she doesn't do any cardio. That's right. The the start of the article says that to leave your treadmill and elliptical behind because a rock-hard body is possible without a drop of cardio. The article goes on to explain how fitness competitor Sophie uh, Guidoin I guess, doesn't do any type of cardio and then glazes over the fact that she controls her body composition through nutrition and resistance training. Let me ask people a question. Is having an amazing body composition possible without doing cardio? The answer is yes. Yes! You know what else is possible? Winning the lottery. I wouldn't really advise too many people to make their living off of playing the lottery. Just like I wouldn't really advise too many people to avoid obesity by not doing cardio. But, thanks people, you enrich our lives. Good story. Also, recently, Casey Seidenberg wrote an article for the Chicago Tribune discussing the benefits of magnesium. Ooh. 
She starts the article by explaining how her oldest son came to her before his basketball tryouts and asked what she should what he should do to prepare. She first started to respond by this lame answer of sleeping and eating well before the tryouts. But then she went on to explain how magnesium was so much more beneficial. Hey, Casey, here's a zany idea for what to tell your son when he asks how he can prove his odds at making the team. I would suggest, recommend instead of recommending a mineral that he may or may not be deficient in, to tell him to play more effing basketball. Wait, what? Hey, Mom, I try, I'm trying to learn how to speak Spanish. What should I do? Um, eat more potassium? Huh? That doesn't really sound like it makes any sense. Just like it doesn't make any sense when you say, Hey, Mom, how do I become a better basketball player? Uh, eat more magnesium. Yes! Right? Eric, how's your magnesium levels doing these days? A little low, which explains why I can't dunk. Now I know. So I'm just going to get a bunch of magnesium, inject it right into the bloodstream. I'll be dunking in a week. Casey told you, man. It's the best way to do it. Good job. So here we go. Along with people, who else gives us that hard-hitting journalism that we Americans crave? E! News. That's right. There's breaking news about the Kardashians that we need. So here it is. 32-year-old reality, and I use the term loosely, star, recently started her denim brand, Good uh, Good American. Uh, Chloe, that's who started it, along with the brand, also decided that she needed to release a series of videos uh, with Vogue on how to make your booty look better in a pair of jeans. So it's a combination, right? You have the video of all this great information and then you get her pair of jeans and guess what your booty looks amazing oh okay guys so i watched the videos let me give you the overall synopsis of what you need to do okay here we go step by step better butt by chloe here we go first of all get your mom to marry a very rich and famous lawyer then divorce him marry a famous athlete then you let your sister get famous for a sex tape with ray j which segues your whole dysfunctional family into a completely pointless reality show that detracts from society in every facet possible. Then once you've accumulated enough money from all of these things that you really didn't contribute anything to, you use all the extra cash and the extra time to focus on workouts and surgery to make yourself look completely different from what you used to look like. Simple step-by-step, guys. I think that's easy enough, right? Eric, are you going to work on that to get your better booty? Yeah, I think I can do it in a couple of years. It took them a while, but since I've got the blueprint, I'm going to get right to work. Good, good. Call up Ray J, say, hey, buddy, (laughs) let's hang out. I don't know if your sister's going to like that or not. Wait, what? Um, (laughs) So in other fitness news, Blake Lively... Uh, Another great story from E! News. Blake Lively let us know that she shared a hilarious pic of herself hiding from her personal trainer during a Friday workout. E! News let us know that that proves she's just like us, guys. Oh, that's what's happening, huh? Except she's not like us. She's ridiculously, outrageously attractive, and she's a married she's married to a dude that's also ridiculously attractive and on top of that he's funny and athletic is that even fair 
That's not fair. She's not like us. Her husband's not like us. They have lots of millions of dollars and lots of fun. And basically, I'm saying, no, not like us at all. Oh. Eric, is she like us? Um, no. <laughs> I wish. Like, that's so, uh, like, after that, I'm like, God, I feel horrible now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to depress you. Smell whatever be... smells good, everybody. Just pick it up and smell it. There you go. Oh, there we go. I'm back. Okay. Yup, I feel great. Okay, good. Last story. I'm excited. Here we go. Last fitness news story. Last week, I said it was going to be panda yoga. Eric, you said it was going to be sloth yoga. Can we hear the playback on that? Give that to us. What do you think the next animal to sweep the yoga scene will be? Panda bears? <laughs> uh, no, I'm thinking uh, sloths. You know, they're high energy. They're very mobile. And I think they'd really help... Um, I think that really helped with motivation. Well, we were, you know, we were both wrong. Okay? It was goat yoga. Yes! Goat yoga. USA Today released a story that in New York, Oregon, and Arizona, there are locations that you can go out on a farm and do some yoga with goats. Apparently... Most goat classes are led by a professional instructor while goats wander around nibbling on your clothes or jumping on your back while you're in the table position. Huh? Apparently, Hamal Haveri, the author of the article, had some choice words and thinks that goat yoga is stupid. Wait, what? And thinks that you shouldn't just go to work out for an Instagram post. Whoa! Hamal, what are we supposed to do, all right? Work out to try and better our health and personal self-worth? That sounds horrible, all right, Hamal? This is America. America! We are slaves to stupid fitness gimmicks and work out purely for aesthetic purposes and for others' approval. Now leave me to my shake weight and magic beans while I take a selfie. <laughs> Eric, goat yoga this weekend, me and you. Hmm. Let's do it to it. I say we get some milk and we hit them up. All right. Well, later on in the show, I'm going to tell you another reason why we, we've got to go to New York. So that'll be good. We can hit up Goat Yoga and the other place that I want to go. So we'll figure that out later. All right, guys. Chimpanzee that, yoga? No, no. Not yet. <laughs> it may be the next week. Apparently, as fast as these animal yogas happen, I, I guess next week we'll have chimpanzee yoga, if that's your next guess. Yes. Guys, that's the fitness news. Now, before we move on to uh, Stop Faking the Funk, I do want to give a shout-out to all the regular listeners out there. Shout-out to Coffee, TJ, Elliot, Jonifer, Jake, Craig, Ryan, Carl, Kate, Beezy. Yes! Shout-out to the people in Mountain View, California, who give us a listen. Yes! People in Germany and Australia really appreciate the listening out there. Anyone. Yes! Who's listening to us? We always appreciate your attention. Thank you guys for listening. We will be right back. So, check this. You telling me you ain't never heard of Doc G? <laughs> Coldest motherfucker around. The Doc G Podcast. Oh, yeah, baby. Putting the bass in your funk. 
All right, guys, so we are going to move on with the show with the classic Stop Faking the Funk. Now, if you haven't heard this on the show before, this is where I give Eric a real news article title and a fake news article title that I wrote myself. And he has to guess which one is the real article. Um, So, Eric, are you ready to go? Probably not. Let's see if I can get better than one out of five this week. Yeah, last week's was one out of five. Let's see if we can do better this week. Okay, so here we go. First article. Huge Cobra terrorizing apartment complexes toilets. That's the first one. Second one. Lemon cake, chocolate cake, urinal cake? How did a bathroom deodorizer end up in a bakery? Hmm. Which one is the real one? Uh, the Cobra. Nah, you're already tied for last week. That's correct. Yeah. So, uh, if there's anything that could leave a person feeling down in the dumps, it's a giant venomous snake living in their toilets. Apparently, in South Africa, there is an apartment complex where an eight-foot snouted cobra keeps appearing in different people's toilets. Ew. So, residents are reportedly considering eradication methods like pouring pool acid or hot water down the pipes, but the the superintendent would prefer to capture the serpent alive. So, they put cameras up all over the apartment to try to find it. So far, it has not been captured. That would be pretty frightening. I I wouldn't want to go to the bathroom, I'm going to be honest. Dude, if I was sitting on the toilet and like, oh my god, I can only imagine like if you're like, you know, taking a poop or whatever and you're just sitting there having a good old time and then just, and oh my god, that would hurt so bad. All right, here we go. Next one. Yeah, let's move on before Eric freaks out. (laughs) I just can't stop thinking about it. Next one, man charged with indecent exposure after refusing to put on pants after doctor's visit. Or, man charged with burglary after being stuck in pizzeria event. Wait, what? I screwed up both of those. Let me reread them so we get the full effect. (laughs) First one, man charged with indecent exposure after refusing to put on pants after doctor's visit. Or, man charged with burglary after being stuck in a pizzeria, pizzeria air conditioning vent. Hmm. Um. Uh, I'm gonna go with the. Oh my god. Which one's real? Which one's real? Um. The second one. Man, two for two. I am Woo! getting worse at my fake news stories. All right. So this one is sort of the same actually it covers two things that we've talked about before which is burglary and guys getting uh caught in pizzerias but a man was rescued from an oven vent uh at a western new york pizzeria uh, and facing burglary charges in moreau county deputies say they arrived at uh, pontillo's pizzeria in suburban rochester at 3:45 a.m after someone reported a man yelling for help found a 53-year-old Richard Graham of Rochester stuck in the ductwork that led from the oven to the roof vent. After they pulled him out, Graham was checked out at the hospital before being arraigned in town court on burglary and criminal mischief charges. Graham was sent to county jail without bail because he's considered a repeat offender. 
Good luck, Graham. That's a that's a downer. All right, uh, here we go. Next one. Are you ready? Yep. Man removed from crowded movie theater when Chihuahua was found in his pants. Or police seek owner of Chihuahua found wearing Christmas sweater and blue pants. Police seek owner. Oh, uh, first one. Yes, I'm back. A Chihuahua dressed in a Christmas sweater and blue pants has been found wandering around Robin Woods Park in Bellevue, Washington. The Bellevue Police Department posted an announcement on Facebook and Twitter Thursday in search of their dog owner. Writing in the post, is this your dog? Caught by officer at Robinswood Park, uh, was wearing a sweater and blue pants and is very angry. Poached, the post reached out to thousands uh, and of course... Uh, they haven't found an owner yet, but they do have high hopes that this Chihuahua will find his home. Oh no! At work today, some kid showed me that picture, but I wasn't really paying attention, and I was like, "All right, whatever, get that out of my face." Yeah, I did see that. See, you could have that could have helped you out. I was busy. I didn't have time to look at the stupid picture. Yeah, well, they'll teach you to pay attention to his pointless crap next time. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Last one. We only have four this week, so you're already gonna have a better, uh, gonna have a better record than you did last week, anyways. But here we go. Tesla and Boeing in race to unveil fully functioning Santa sleigh, or Zillow values Santa's North Pole home at six hundred and fifty-six thousand nine hundred and fifty-seven dollars. Um, the second one. Man, three for four. I got to do a better job next time. So, Zillow.com added the listing this week for Santa's home, which the real estate website estimated to be worth a very accurate six fifty six nine fifty seven or three thousand two hundred and twenty eight per month to rent. The site says that St. Nick's North Pole abode was built in 1822 and underwent its last renovations in 2013. It's on a 25-acre lot. Uh, The listed features of the home are, of course, a toy workshop, reindeer stables, river rock fireplace, and a sleigh parking garage. Uh, It's quoted as saying, A toy lover's paradise nestled on 25 idyllic acres at the North Pole. Perfect for spirited reindeer games, the listing reads. The home constructed in the 1800s of gorgeous old-growth timber logged on site. So what I like about that, one, I guess Santa has to leave because of global warming. I guess it's going to melt away, so if you want this site, you you better go ahead and buy it quick. Second thing, I like how it brags about old-growth timber. They cut down those trees in in the North Pole. Don't think about keeping those. No, sir. Santa doesn't want that crap on his land. Uh Uh-uh. Thanks, Zillow. I'll be sure to put in a bid. How about you, Eric? Are you going to bid for Santa's house? Um, Thinking about it. I think I can uh, take out some money and afford that. Well, apparently too bad because also at the end, they also said that they didn't plan on Santa moving anytime soon. And I'm like, well, why'd you post it then? You tease. Exactly. 
All right, guys, we will be back. Right, and we are back, guys. It's time for that time in the show where we do the sports section. We do a little NCAA football. Eric, are you ready for the NCAA football recap? I am. It's a shorter one this week, but it I'm is. Ready. You got less reading, man. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here it is. Okay, starting off, Washington cemented their spot in the college playoffs, beating Colorado forty-one to ten. Western Michigan, they beat Ohio 29-23 excuse me, to remain the only other unbeaten team that's name isn't Alabama. I bet if they were to play Alabama, they wouldn't be unbeaten anymore. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, Alabama did the expected and blew Florida out of the Georgia Dome to win the SEC 54-16. However, unexpectedly, Nick Saban showed a slight hint of emotion after the game with a fist bump in the air. Good job, Nicky. America. Clemson America! managed to sweep by Virginia Tech and work their way into the college playoffs. Yeah, 42-35. Oh, I was so I thought they were going to lose. I was going to be so happy. <laughs> Penn State, they came all the way back from being down 28 to 7 to win the game 38 to 31 against Wisconsin in the Big 10 Championship. That was a barn burner. Did you watch that? I didn't. I was unable to. Man, I was flipping between that and Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Woo! I mean, Dirty Dancing, I sort of knew <laughs> what was going to happen. But the Penn State game, it became a little bit more exciting. But continue. In the first game that no one was paying attention to, Oklahoma ended up beating Oklahoma State 38-20. to mm. In the second game that no one was paying attention to, West Virginia beat Baylor 21-24. to ah, That Big 12, man, they are always good at games that nobody cares about, right? I know, that's the way it works. So, uh, I got a couple questions about those games. First of all, we now know who was in the playoffs, right? We got uh, Alabama at number one. We've got Clemson at number two. We've got Ohio State at three. And we've got Washington at four. That's who we're going to see in the playoffs. The only team that people have had questions about is Penn State. And I'm going to ask the question, does Penn State have the right to be mad that they were left out of the playoffs? Um, such a – just this topic is – it makes me mad because there's so many different sides and everyone, uh, you know, has their own opinions. But I think that yes and no, there's just so much inconsistency when it comes to the NCAA, especially with football – and with the uh, inclusion of the playoffs a couple of years ago when it's inception, with that coupled with championship games, it's there's no clear definitive way that everyone can come to a consensus and say, this is the fair way, this is how it should be done. And so each year it's you have this team that thinks they got shorthanded or they believe that they should have gotten this or that they shouldn't have. And it's at the end of the day, you didn't get in. There were four teams ahead of you that had better records. And so, whatever, get over it. You played the championship. You won that. Good luck next year. Now, I think next year, Penn State will clearly be ranked at the top, and they'll have a harder schedule, most likely. They want to schedule harder games. They can. And, you know, we'll see what's what. But 
for right now, you shouldn't have started two and two. Yeah, you always have that outside ability to say, you know, that the record was better. And it's like we were talking about during the break. The thing is, is that there's so many things that can go into it. You can, you have an argument for Penn State. They won the head-to-head. They won the conference championship. But, like you said, they lost two games. And they were at the beginning of the season. And one of them was a pretty big blowout to, to Pitt. Uh, my thing and I was telling you again during the break, this is what always confuses me with this whole topic, is the fact that anytime any analyst brings up the idea of, hey, you know what we could do? We could have eight teams in the playoff. All of a sudden somebody jumps in and is like, no, 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 we couldn't do that. Okay, There's a contract for only four teams, and it's an eight-year contract. Who is this contract for? It's not like they got married it's not like we're trying to get a divorce through the legal system or anything. It's going to be fairly easy. If everybody wants it, just say, all right, let's 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 make that happen. And then if you have eight teams in the playoff, you can have each conference champion go in, and then you can have three at-large bids. And I feel like that would really ramp up the excitement. But I see, I see the reason that Penn State fans could be upset. They have a, they have a argument to be in, but then again, I mean, Washington has a pretty good argument to be in. Ohio State has a pretty good argument to be in, and you know, at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the playoffs in general, like you said, everybody agreed upon it. Hey, this group of people is going to decide the four people that are in, and everybody said, okay, sounds good. So you got to live with it. That's four now, people though- that are in. With that being said, though, and that's my argument with when people say, well, if we expand it to eight teams, you'll have you will have the same exact problem because number nine, number 10, number 11 are all going to be saying the same thing that number five, six and seven are right now. Yeah, but it's a little bit less argument when when it gets to a lower number. It's the same thing as when you think about the NCAA basketball tournament. The people that are on the bubble in that argument, they're usually angry, but nobody really listens to them, and there's nobody really joining their picket lines except for, like, their actual fans, like their, you know, diehard fans. Everybody else is like, whatever, who cares? Because it's 64 teams, so it's like, you know, there's there's no reason to get that fired up. And when you're looking at football, if you expand to eight, you're going you're gonna to include a few more teams, and then the people that are down at 9-10, they have a little less argument to say, hey, we should be in. That's at least, that's, that's my opinion, you know. But, along with the uh, football side here, uh, let's go ahead, let's do it. Prediction time, who do you think is going to win, Eric? Who do you think is going to win? The whole thing. The whole thing. Uh, Alabama. What? I, I mean, yeah, I know. Curveball. Let's go ahead. If we've learned one thing on making uh, making predictions on the Doc G Show, it's don't go against Alabama. So, I'm going to go with Alabama, too. Shocker, I know, right? Now, if the t- they lose, then we will find out that it's because we picked them <laughs> that they lost. And we can keep our awesome streak of being the best <laughs> predictors ever in the history of sports. So... Along with the playoffs, we also have 39 other bowl games going on, right? 39 bowl games. I took the liberty of finding some of the dumbest named bowl games uh, this week. Here's my favorites. This is a pretty bad one. 
Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Wait, what? Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. How jacked up would you be if you were on a team and they were like, guys, we're doing it. We're going to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And you were like, I'm going to take a stab. I'm going to guess it's in Idaho. You're correct. Boise, Idaho. Who are the teams that play this year in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl? Idaho. Woohoo! What a vacation for those guys. And then Colorado State. Woohoo! Another good vacation. Wow. I would not be psyched if I was either Idaho or Colorado State. Here's another one, and this one I do believe is is for your sister as well. Um, the Dollar General <laughs> Bowl. Yeah, right? hey, good memory. Yeah, Dollar General Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Nothing against Dollar General, but if I was on a team and somebody was like, hey, you're going to the Dollar General Bowl, I'd be like, what? <laughs> we couldn't get like the Target Bowl? Or like some a little bit higher up on the chain, maybe the $2 General Bowl or something along those lines? Like Ohio versus Troy. That's who's going to be in the Dollar General Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Hey, man, Dollar General, okay, let's, you know, it's pretty nice. She's, you know, she's designing those new stores and making them look really nice, so. Pretty classy. Yeah, Yeah, it's taking a step up. Here's my last one. The National Funding Holiday Bowl. Yes. National (laughs) Funding Holiday Bowl. Who's playing in that? Now, that's got a good location. The last two locations, not the best. Sorry, any listeners from Mobile, Alabama or Boise, but nobody's really celebrating your areas. Um, This National Funding Holiday Bowl is in San Diego, so that's pretty sweet. Give it up for the the location. Uh, But the name, still pretty dumb. National Funding Holiday Bowl. You couldn't think a little something a little bit more slick? That's not too slick. Minnesota versus Washington State get to go to the National Funding Holiday Bowl. So those are my three favorite dumb bowl names. There's 36 other bowls to be had. Do you think there are a few too many bowls? Do uh, Yeah, I think there's like 27 too many. Like yeah. there's, there's so many pointless ones. Yeah. And like case in point, you just pointed out them. Yeah. Uh, I think we could do without some of those and, like I said, put a couple more teams in in a playoff. But that's just my opinion. Here's another uh, sports-related topic. So Bryce Harper. Everybody know Bryce Harper? Reminds me of my friend Hunter uh, for some reason, right? His (laughs) hair sort of looks like our friend Hunter Lambert. Um, Bryce Harper's manager thinks that Harper deserves $400 million for his next contract. When I heard that, I was like, is that even possible? Do baseball teams have that much money? I mean, recently I've seen a lot of beginning of the season shots of baseball stadiums, and there's like five dudes in there watching the game. Like, how do they even have $400 million to pay this guy, right? my, My favorite response whenever you're like, $400 million? How does he deserve that? Then somebody's like, yeah. But it's baseball, man. They play a ton of games. Okay, just because regular season baseball is boring and pointless doesn't make it deserving of that payload. Raking leaves seems boring and pointless too, but people don't get paid $400 million to do it. right? Just breaking that up, just so you know, for those 10 years, every single hour of every single day, 
Bryce Harper would earn $4,566 an hour every single day for 10 years. Not bad. Not bad. Is 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 it worth it? Eric, 400 million dollars? Um <laughs> is it worth it? I would love to be like, "Oh yeah, I got this new job. Oh yeah, how much you making?" Uh it's like 4,000 an hour. So, <laughs> it's it's a it's a pretty good deal. I'm scooting by, I guess, you know. You know, it's it's hard sometimes. 400 million, man. That is an outrageous amount. But I mean, I guess baseball's known for that. They're, they're big contracts, but I'm just like, and not only you getting that, not only you being the person to be like, hey, I made $400 million, but you're the guy to sign off on that. Who's the owner that gets to be like, yeah, I think this one dude on this one team is worth $400 million. Let me just go ahead and sign this contract. There you go. Can't wait to give away that $400 million over this 10 years. Cause I, but I mean, you know, it's just ridiculous. Twenty bucks says if he were to if like that were to ever happen, like the fifth game of the season, he would like shatter both his kneecaps and he wouldn't be able to play for the rest of his life. And they'd be like, "Fuck!" But he'd still be like, "Sweet, I'm glad I signed it." <laughs> All right, guys. So we've got some more sports coming up. As I mentioned before, we've got Claude coming in. But before we go to Claude, I just realized we've been having so much fun. I haven't done any who's wearing their birthday suit. I'm going to give you two right now, Eric. We're going to do two clues for who's wearing their birthday suit. So if we remember all the way back, good Lord, it's been like 30 minutes. I don't know if I can remember all that way that far back. But all the way back, we've got a uh, we've got a Florida man for our who's wearing their birthday suit. The Florida man was born in Melbourne, Florida, in 1943. Here is the next clue: in 1964, our birthday suit wearer moved to Los Angeles to attend UCLA. After graduating, he lived in Venice Beach, where he lived a bohemian lifestyle with fellow UCLA grad and future bandmate. Ray Manzarek. Okay. Now here's the next clue. The band that Ray and our birthday suit wearer formed quickly and became extremely popular. The band was so popular that they eventually played the Ed Sullivan Show, playing two of their most popular songs at the time, Light My Fire and People Are Strange. Any idea who our birthday suit wearer is? Um, not right now. I'm gonna. I'm. You're gonna have to give me a little bit of. A I can guarantee you. I, I I know you're not good with old songs and their names, but I guarantee you both those songs. You hear them, you know them a hundred percent. Yeah, that always happens. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this. And one. I guarantee you, there are listeners out there that are furious with you right now. There's got to be at least one or two, but it's good because it continues the game. So we'll be right back in a little bit. So like I said, guys, before at the beginning of the show, uh, we're very lucky 
Extremely lucky to have NBA analyst Claude Lathan on the show today. He's part of our extended posse. Wait, what? Here on the Doc G Show. Uh, how's everything going, Claude? Man, Doc, everything's going pretty great. I appreciate you having me on today. Of course, man, of course. So the NBA is in full swing now. Each team has, I guess, a little bit over uh, 20 games around there under their belt. But the first thing I want to ask you about, last week, uh, J.R. Smith uh, caught up with his old friend Jason Terry. They exchanged pleasantries. Only problem was it was in the middle of the game. I mean, you know, if this was in an office board meeting and a dude just gets up and walks out of the office to give a friend a bro hug, I mean, I'm guessing that dude would be fired. How how dumb of a of a move was this for J.R. Smith? Or does it matter since it was in the middle of the season? The uh, you know the crazy thing is, is this isn't anything new to J.R. Smith. Um, I think everyone is expecting because LeBron's kind of had him under ropes since he's gotten to Cleveland that he's going to come this you know, new player, uh, this new person. And, and in some ways he has. Um, he's definitely developed more of a three-point shot. He's kind of taken away from the dribble a little bit. But the personality, uh, you know, the aspects away from the on-court game are still a little bit there. Um, Jason Terry, this goes back to his Dallas Mavericks days when he was a nuisance as their sixth man just kind of coming off and trying to trying to get people to... to Really, really step out of their game a little bit, and I think he pulled Jr. Um, over on a quick one there. And, yeah, uh, got him two points. Up. Got him two points. <laughs> it's all that's all that matters if you can get points on the board, right? Yeah, I, I think I think Jerry, uh, I think uh, Jason Terry was pretty excited about that himself. Uh, so right now in the standings, at least in the Eastern Conference, we have. Cleveland number one, we have Toronto number two, Charlotte number three, and Boston four. Uh, anybody challenging Cleveland out of that group, or is that just Cleveland's world? As as much as I hate to admit it, you know I love the competition, um, and I really love to see the weird we the North um, aspect of what Toronto is bringing to the game. I uh, they've got Drake behind them, and and the whole country pretty wow, much. Wow, that is annoying, right? And, you know, <laughs> if you're a Drake fan, then I guess you're all for it, but not everybody's a fan. So, um, yeah, I I really don't think that Cleveland's going to have too much trouble coming out of the East. You know, they had a slip up here earlier this week. They went on a three-game losing streak, um, and they just picked up their first win um, in four games. I think that, you know, Toronto playing with uh, how well DeRozan and Lowry are as a combination, as well as the big men that they have down low with Valanciunas, um, you know, if they could get Jared Sollinger feeling pretty right, speaking of somebody, you know, he had some success over in Boston, so hopefully he can bring that to Toronto. Uh, Toronto's going to be the best shot, man. I, you know, Charlotte's not really going to make it um, too deep into the conference. Um, I think as far as playoff teams, once you get there, you know, LeBron James has always said, if he can be in the playoffs, it doesn't matter what team he's on, just as long as you get him there, they have a chance at winning. Um, I think it just comes down to having that significant player and a team maybe like a New York or a Chicago, um, you know, where you have a Carmelo surrounded with a Kristaps and maybe if on a good night Derrick Rose decides to show up um, or Chicago, you have Jimmy Butler and on a good night Wayne Wade and, and whoever wants, you know, Rondo decides to drop 15 assists, like that's going to pay dividends in a series. Um, you know, in a four-game series, though, I just don't know if DeRozan and Lowry are going to have enough to to unmantle the Kings. 
Yeah, yeah. With the, you know, hair or no hair, beard or no neck beard, he's gonna show up, right? Uh, in the Western yeah. Conference, we've got Golden State, San Antonio, Clippers, and Houston. They look a lot more, I guess, I mean, Golden State's still out there in front, but do you think uh, those other teams have a chance? And then, how do you think they're going to match up against the Eastern Conference? You know, the West has been head and shoulders above the East for a couple of, uh, a couple of seasons now. I don't see... You know, someone dismantling Golden State. But here's my thing with Golden State. I don't like the fact that their entire team plays no defense. And that might be a little harsh. Um, I think... What about what about Draymond? Um, what about who? Draymond Green. Uh, Draymond Green is going to... He's putting up his case for Defensive Player of the Year. He wants it. Um, but my thing is, is when you lead the league in scoring as well as I'm pretty sure they're up there in points allowed, uh, you know, it, it's hard, you know, watching the Houston game they played the other night was extremely difficult for me. I, I was laying in bed and I'm watching and they go to double overtime and James Harden is just, you know, he's putting on an MVP candidate season um, and Golden State's just allowing basket after basket. Now, granted, they're coming down and scoring, but it did. It's funny you mentioned Draymond Green. It, it, it did take Draymond Green making a couple of defensive plays there at the end, which isn't the first time. There's been, you know, four or five games this season where they've come down to about five points or closer that Draymond Green has had to bail them out of the game. Um, and I'm really worried that going back into that scenario of a four-game playoff series, you have a, a very disciplined defensive team in San Antonio. You have uh, the number one defensive uh, team in the league in the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, how is a Golden State team, who's just an offensive juggernaut, going to be able to also concentrate so much on, on defense? Um, with all the great point guards in the league, I'm, I'm really worried. You know, you, it starts with Steph Curry and who brings the ball up the court. And Clay Thompson's usually assigned to the best ball handler on the other team. I'm, I'm just really worried about, you know, if somebody breaks past Steph, is it gonna? Are they gonna rely on Draymond or is Zaza Pachulia back there? I mean, I don't want to see Javale McGee end up on Shaq in the pool again. So you know, I, we'll see how they do. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I've got faith in them, man. I love Golden State. They're a fun, fun team to watch. But I think the Clippers, um, if they were gonna make a shot at it, this this would be their year. Reigning Sixth Man of the Year, Jamal Crawford. Um, you know, you've got your two all-stars, should be three all-stars, and DeAndre Jordan, I believe he was robbed last year, but uh, made up for it a little bit with the first all-NBA team nomination. So, you know, man, it's going to be an interesting playoff this year. I think for the first time in a while, you still have your favorites with Golden State and Cleveland. Um, but it's going to be an open race. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I think it's a lot It's a lot closer than people have, have said, it, you know, at the beginning of the season, like people were making out. We already got Cleveland. We've already got Golden State. Now I think it's a little bit closer than that. I think people realize these other teams are a little bit closer, at least in the Western Conference. So um, we got Steph Curry, who's sponsored by uh, Under Armour, who uh, his last shoe uh, everybody made fun of, or at least the two-and-a-halves. Um, I'm really interested. When do you think an NBA athlete will be sponsored by Skechers? Do you think that's going to ever happen? Anybody out there that would actually take up a Skechers? Who, if if there is an NBA player, who's the most likely to be sponsored by Skechers? Man, 
You know, I uh, I actually haven't heard that question before. I I think Skechers is one of those brands. Don't they? Aren't they sold at Kohl's? They're, not, they're sold at only cool outlets. Okay, I'm not sure if Kohl's is one of those, but it sounds like a pretty cool outlet. So maybe I don't know. I'm gonna tell you a story of when I was in middle school. I actually bought a pair of uh, Stefan Marbury's. Oh yes, mm, good and choice. I bought those um, thinking that I was gonna become the next big thing, and uh, I ended up going to the gym three days later at basketball practice in my new white strawberries, looking fresh to death. Oh yeah, I uh, twisted my ankle. Ah. It was from that day forward, I never wore another pair of strawberries. I think I actually started wearing them to school instead of on the basketball court just so I didn't waste a pair of shoes. Um, if Skechers could come out <laughs> with a quality shoe, and that's no knock on strawberries by any means. I Stefan Marbury's, I actually still look him up on Instagram. I keep up with how he's doing in China. Um, I appreciate how he is the player. His shoes didn't treat me personally so well. Um, Skechers, if if they're for the right person, man, then all for it. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. But I, I don't know if those would be the pair for me. I think I think Vince Carter or, or Jason Terry are in that uh, age range where they could start looking at New Balances. You know, I mean, <laughs> they're at that dad range where a white pair of New Balances is looking pretty slick to them. That's just I'm just gonna throw that out there. Uh, With Andre Miller not being in the league anymore and all these other retirements, you know, Kevin Garnett, uh, I think Kevin Martin just uh, called it quits here soon. Yeah, all these older guys, old heads, they might need to start a new trend. Exactly. So, so let's. Uh, we've got we got a lot of good play people playing individual play this year in basketball. Russell Westbrook. I mean, how many triple doubles has he had? I don't know. LeBron James once again playing uh, like LeBron James. Uh, Anthony Davis uh, playing ridiculously well too. Out of those three, who would you have to say is playing the best this this season? I'm sorry, man. Who was the uh, the first person you said you broke up a little bit on me? So you got Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. You know, this season has been crazy with the kind of league changes. You know, as far as personnel go, I think you know Russell being able to take over the Thunder the way that he has. It's not that he wasn't a leader in previous seasons. I think that now he's just having a chance to blossom. Um, I'm. I have always been a huge Oscar Robertson fan. Um, for somebody to be able to average a triple-double on an entire season is beyond me. Um, it shows not just uh, a feel for the game, but a complete feel for the game. You have not just the scoring aspect or whatever it is. You have an all-around game, um, which is something that, funny enough, speaking about this with Russell Westbrook, you know, people and uh, NBA fanatics all over have have compared LeBron James to that type of player for the longest time, this great all-around player who could possibly average a triple-double. And then here, all of a sudden, we see the coming of the guards, and Russell Westbrook is just now putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, I think if I was to go with one player right now, and as hard as it is for me not, not to choose Anthony Davis in this argument because of all the 45-15 games that he's had, 40-15 games, I'm going to have to say Russell Westbrook. I think that uh, with LeBron James being as significant as he is to his team, that matters so much. But if you take Russell Westbrook off of the Thunder, 
I mean, they dropped from a 45-50 win Western Conference team maybe down to 35-30 wins because they've got nothing but two overpaid big men who they might have, you know, just really shoot, use that money on uh, for James Harden and maybe Kevin Durant wouldn't have left. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, do you think that uh, Westbrook can average a uh, a triple-double or do you think he's going to slow down at some point? He's, uh, he's the first player to average a triple-double going into December um, since Oscar did. And I really, really believe that it can be done. I think Jason Kidd was uh, quoted as saying that he's, you know, firmly believed for a long time that it can be done if you just have, you know, the right circumstance and the right player. And, you know, you haven't seen a player in the NBA for years with the mentality of a Kobe Bryant um, and now you have Russell Westbrook who Kobe has come out and said hey he's got that mentality Michael Jordan said you know years ago that was me that's my mentality um, with the scenario that he's in losing a top in my opinion two player in the world in Kevin Durant um, and he's himself you know a top 10 player easy you know he's going to a top five argument but a top 10 player easy um, I think that Russell's just got everything that he needs to pull it off, man. All right. Well, we are running short on time. Uh, Claude, it has been fantastic catching up with you on the NBA. One last quick question. Who do you have winning the whole thing? Oh, man. I uh, I think that I'm going to go back with a repeat of Believe Land. I, uh, you know, every year I actually do have this kind of uh, sad choice of choosing the Clippers going back before the Steve Ballmer's days. And uh, I really would appreciate seeing the Clippers, you know, finally get through the second round. Chris Paul breaking that barrier. Um, there's my feel good story. But, <laughs> you know, as far as, you know, the finals actually goes, I'm going to actually, I'm going to take Cleveland back over uh, the Warriors. I think the Warriors will have enough to get there. But, their defensive uh, mechanics really worry me, and it's so early in the season. So I, you know, I might be wrong on that, and we have time for it to, to change my opinion. But yeah. if they get figure their defense out. We'll see. We'll see as we go along with the season. Once again, Claude Lathan, thanks for being with us. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you on in the next couple shows, man. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, man. I appreciate everything. All right, bye. All right, guys, so we're headed back to who's wearing their birthday suit. Now, I forgot the second clue, so I had to combine the second and third clue together, if you remember that. So now we're going to have the fourth clue. So let me give it a little refresher real quick. The first one was that our birthday suit wearer is a uh, Florida man. He was born in Melbourne, Florida in 1943. Our second clue, 1964, our birthday suit wearer moved to Los Angeles to attend UCLA. After graduating, lived on Venice Beach, where he lived a bohemian lifestyle with fellow UCLA grad and future bandmate Ray Manzarek. Uh, Then the third clue, the band was so popular they eventually played the Ed uh, Sullivan Show playing two popular songs, Light My Fire and People Are Strange. Here is the fourth clue. In 2010, the then-governor of Florida, Charlie Crist, suggested that the famous birthday suit wearer be 
posthumously pardoned for a charge of indecent exposure that he was given in 1970 in Miami. Hmm. Now, this is going to be the one that's really going to put you over the edge. This is the last clue. I'm going to combine it again. Here we go. He died in 1971 at the age of 27. His band, The Doors, released two more albums after his death, which no one remembers. Huh? Who is it? Um, oh my God. Come on, The Band, The Doors. The band, The Doors. Who I don't know. Is, who is the lead singer of The Doors? I have no idea. Oh, my gosh. There are Doors fans that are so angry with you right I know. Now. I'm sorry. Don't hate me, fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we've got millions of them. They're angry. <laughs> All of them. Jim Morrison. Jim uh. Morrison is the lead singer. His birthday was today died at the age of 27 that sort of famous uh 27 year old he's part of the 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 uh, famous artists that all died at the age of 27 uh him tupac Jimi hendrix janice joplin uh you know all these all these famous singers it's, uh but his birthday was the day he uh was a famous, obviously, famous artist, famous poet, made some great music. Uh, my favorite door song, I would have to either say L.A. Woman or Backdoor Man. Love both of those jams. Awesome, awesome tunes. I would ask you, do you have a favorite door song, Eric? Um, no, not that I, yeah. Excuse, yeah. Not that I know of. I'm going to play a bunch of them for you the next time we hang out so you know all these door songs because you probably already know them all. And yeah. you're going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I really like that one. Well, you know, we'll do that. All right, guys, it is about that time of the show where we normally have our Tim Tebow update. But since Timbo Slice has blatantly ignored our co-host offer and he's finished his super, super successful fall baseball career. Yes! <laughs> Felt like it's time we should move on. Oh, that's what's happening, huh? That's right. We need a new person to update you guys on who is universally liked. Who everyone would like to hear about. Who do you think we are going to go to next, Eric? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm already, you know, the co-host of this show, so who else is there? Paul Rudd. That's who. Yeah. Right? Paul Rudd, from roles in Clueless to Friends to Anchorman to Role Models. He's just fantastic. Everybody loves Paul Rudd. They do. It's like the Bud Light commercial says. (laughs) So, here's a little news update on Paul Rudd for you. Apparently, uh, his friend, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, was on Jimmy Fallon the other night. Uh, uh, The third, I do believe. Did you get a chance to see him on Jimmy Fallon? I know you're a a Fallon fan, Eric. I I am a big Jimmy Fallon fan, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I saw it the other day. There we go. So apparently, him and Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, from, uh, from, what's the show? Um, Walking Dead. Yeah, there you go, Walking Dead. Uh, Apparently, him and Jeffrey, they're good friends. They both have upstate New York retreats that they live uh, actually, Paul Rudd's originally from upstate New York. More fun facts for our guy that we follow now. Um, 
He, they own a candy st- shop upstate together. Those two together own a candy store together. How yeah. great is that, right? It's such a weird like combination of people. I love Paul Rudd. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have too much on Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, he seems like an all right dude. He has a beard most of the time, so I enjoy that. You know, uh, that's good. I wonder if they have pralines at this uh, candy store. I'm a praline type of man. Dude, um, before the show, I was drinking a chestnut praline uh, frappuccino from Starbucks. Yeah? Was it delicious? Always. It's, it's It sucks, though, because it's only around Christmas time. So I've you never, get them I've, while I can. I've never had the liquid form of praline. Uh, I've only had the actual candy, which are delicious. My, uh, my praline stop... Uh, is in Savannah. If you've ever had River Street Sweets, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. That is like sex and candy. Wait, what? That's a that's a, that's a song. Anyways, Eric, <laughs> you looking to take a road trip to upstate New York? I told you, we can go goat yoging, and then we can go to a candy shop owned by Paul Rudd and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It sounds like the greatest vacation I would ever take. I know that sounds pretty great. I think we're gonna have to do it on this on this Christmas break, man. I think we're gonna when, have to do it. When I was watching it, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan on Jimmy Fallon, they were talking about this candy store. I actually was thinking to myself, I was like, God, I really want to go to this candy store right now. I only want to imagine. Have you ever seen our idiot brother with Paul Rudd? Yeah. Yeah, I want to imagine like it's the the candle shop that he has at the end with his bro, because that candle store seems like it's awesome with their dog Woody Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> Willie Nelson, Woody Nelson. What the crap am I? It's been too long of a show. I'm going You've crazy. Been messing up a lot. I know. I got to get off of here, guys. It's been a great show. I'm Doc G. With me as always is Eric Cirillo, and we will see you. Next week, same time, same place. Can't wait for it. Zip it up and zip it out.